podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The other thing, though, something that we discussed in a previous podcast, and it started a bit of a bit of a discussion, was that for me, Max has, hasn't proven himself properly in a car which doesn't have the capability to win yet. Mm-hmm. The only time he was in a car which, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking one which had a possibility to win. I'm talking one which really didn't have a chance to win. The only time he was in a car which definitely didn't have the chance to win, which was the Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso. He was teammates with Science, and they were very, very evenly matched throughout the whole period. Welcome back to On Track GP again another podcast host to do the most and never coach Matisse in the building and I'm joined by Richard and Rachel what an incredible <laughs> duo of names that is they were on the podcast last week and they're back here again and we were just discussing which one prefers cereal which one doesn't do you know what I'm saying yeah. loads of little, little don't forget little dark things. chocolate yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, loads of little things that you guys won't get to see but first of all how are you guys how are you feeling how yeah, are you doing? Good, not bad. I had a good weekend. Uh, it was a good race. Enjoyed myself. So yeah, I can't complain. Yeah. And Rachel, first time doing content with you. How are you? How are yeah. you feeling? I'm, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I had a very chilled weekend. Mm. Trying to make my weekend sound more exciting than it was, but it was just a very chilled weekend. Mm. Um, but I'm all good. How are you? It was, a, it was a long weekend. Obviously, we had qualifying, we had the sprint, and we had the race. Um, the race went exactly how everybody expected it to go, of course, with Verstappen winning, mm. 22 seconds up the road. And then I see the quotes after that he wasn't even pushing, he was taking his time and he was, you know, if anything, coasting. So, I mean, Richard, is, is that an indictment on Perez or is that a credit to Max? Like, what, what do, where do we go from here as a community? Uh, I think, to be honest, it's it's a bit of a credit to Max. Uh, you know, you saw he, he just had the racing control from, from the start and then you watched the onboards of him towards the end of the race. and. Man, he was driving to the supermarket. He was that chilled. He wasn't. He wasn't taking too much curb. The steering wheel was barely moving. You know, there were. It, it. It was just easy. And even at the start, you could tell he was just playing cat and mouse with them, chilling out. Um, I think it was more of a masterclass from Verstappen, combined with maybe a little bit of lacking speed from Perez. Mm. I mean, Rachel, he started P six. Obviously, he could have started way further back as well because he almost didn't get out of Q2. Um, and that was that was looking quite interesting qualifying. And obviously, we know that he had a he had a penalty as well, but. He, he wins the race and he and he, he if anything he took too long for me lap what was it lap 18 that he managed to get <laughs> yeah. ahead of Perez I was actually expecting lap 10 I was like you're taking your time here um, what, what did you make of it do you know what? I, I totally agree with Richard and also didn't he almost make a mistake going up over it he did when it started he raining yeah which isn't very max like no, yeah. at all um but yeah it is a masterclass really mm. in 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 how to race in how to start from P6 in how to overtake and he's people are mentioning you know Schumacher Senna in the same sentence now as Max Verstappen and Mm. before whatever say me personally think of him you can't deny what a great racer what a great driver he is Mm. and and how great Red Bull are doing as well because it is Red Bull as well that um, are helping this this legacy that we're seeing before us um, be formed so yeah, for, from from Max, it was great. I wonder if uh, before all the seasons before when Hamilton was winning, we were like, he must be bored by now. <laughs> He's got no competition. I wonder if Max is feeling that yet, or it's still probably too soon for that. No, I think you know, racing drivers have egos, and we're never no. gonna we're never gonna <laughs> get bored of winning. Honestly, you know, there's times when when the car, the team, the environment just works for you, and it clicks, and you go on a really good run of form, and you never get bored of it. Yeah. And 
you know, it's like when a when a footballer has an incredible season, you know, okay, it, obviously Formula One terms, it seems to last a bit longer, but they obviously don't have as many races as players do football games. Yeah. I'm sure Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo didn't get scored, bored of scoring goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you see Max, Max still, you know, looked as happy as ever at the end of it. Do you think Max is changing slightly? Because you could hear it was frosty between the engineer and himself. Is that, do you think that that's changing Not for the first bit? time as well. Yeah, to be honest Happening. with you, I think people... <laughs> Honestly, I think people are making making that into more of a story than it actually is. And I think that, you know, we don't actually hear all of the communications from all of the cars during all of the races. Obviously, the TV crews do, and they put on the ones which are going to get the biggest reaction. But it's very, very regular for drivers and engineers to have falling outs mm, and yeah. tiffs yeah, on the true, radio. I mean, I, I can tell you I've unplugged my, my radio before once in qualifying because my engineer was annoying me. Really? Um, I, I told yeah. him to shut up and he didn't listen, so I just, just made him shut up but i think like it's, it's an interesting because i think in all elite, elite sports you're gonna have that that tension that, that kind yeah. of friction because obviously you're competing at the top end and you're trying to get the maximum performance in q2 he was going back and forth as an engineer as well because he almost got knocked out and he was going back and forth and getting in a bit of an argument there and then he said listen okay for q3 you could just set the car up how you want and then go for it um and then obviously in the race we, we saw it as well but Sometimes I do side with the driver because if the engineer's talking when you're going through a corner, right, I can imagine that nightmare. is the worst thing. Yeah, yeah. non-stop If it's yeah. on a straight, fair enough. But on a corner, yeah. nah. It's, a, it's the worst thing ever. And and honestly, you know, you, just, you do think to yourself, God, there's enough chances around the circuit, especially in Formula One. They've got such accurate GPS mm. on these cars. Yeah. They know exactly where they are at what time. Um, so yeah, if, if it's in the middle of a corner, it's a no-no. But if, as you said, it's elite sport. There's a lot of pressure for everybody involved. So everybody is always on a bit of yeah. uh, on, a, on a knife edge. So that explains, you know, the, the the little tiff that they had in Q2. But I wouldn't look into anything that happened in the race with them. I, yeah. I, I do feel like I sided with the engineer on the race and not going for that extra pit stop. I, yeah. know, I know. He, I don't know if he wants to take the piss out of Perez and say it's not like I, he, it's not like he needs one point. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. He, so he wanted the point, but also I felt like okay, if you're going into the pit lane, you're kind of taking the race out of your own hands, and you're putting it into the pit crew who could yeah. have a bad day. They could have a bad moment, and, and yeah, the next thing you know, true, Perez goes true. on to win, and then you're even more fuming that you've lost out on, yeah. on a race yeah. win over a, a little point over a fastest lap. But I guess that's just Max being as competitive as he as he wants to be. Yeah, being a driver. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I don't know with Max. He, in terms of you spoke about dominance you spoke mm. about Schumacher obviously Senna how about comparing this to um, Sebastian Vettel when he obviously was dominating at Red Bull went four in a row he had Mark Webber there as well it, how do you compare the two is it like it's it's interesting because the thing was with Vettel and Weber was that Vettel seemed to have an MO where basically, you know, DRS wasn't available for the first. I think back then it was four or five laps, whatever okay. it was. So Vettel would just work to get a second between him and Weber. And by the time the DRS was activated, would always do it, stretch the gap out to about five seconds and kind of keep it there. But Max is showing a level of dominance mm. over Perez now, which is, you know, slightly frightening, to be honest. Mm. You know, at the weekend, it, it just took the mick yeah. you know yeah, it's 22 really seconds good. but i think it could have been 50 uh, yeah. quite easily yeah. yeah yeah do you know what i i do agree with you it's it's weird because again you, you think of, of the greats and i don't know what it is to put max's name amongst them for me they're still like a block and i don't know whether that's just i don't know what it is i don't know whether that's me taking the personal to to racing or you know i think of hamilton is one of the greats. I see the legacy he's going to leave behind in sports, and you, you've seen what Senna has do, done. What even when you go further back with people like Jackie Stewart and what they did to the with the sport, it wasn't just about racing. It was about so much more. And maybe that's what it is. I feel with Max, 
I think the only legacy we'll ever leave behind, which is what it's all about, will just be the racing, mm. and there'll be no much, there'll be nothing else to it. I think, the I other, think that's what it is. I think the other thing, though, it's something that we discussed in a previous podcast, and it started a bit of a bit of a discussion, was that for me, Max has hasn't proven himself properly in a car which doesn't have the capability to win yet. Mm-hmm. Mm. The only time he was in a car which, you know, I'm not talking, I'm not talking one which had a possibility to win. I'm talking one which really didn't have a chance to win. The only time he was in a car which definitely didn't have the chance to win, which was the Toro Rosso. Toro Rosso yeah. He was teammates with Science, and they were very, very evenly matched throughout the whole period. That's a really good point. And then he yeah. went into Red Bull and he won his first race. So the car was clearly in a position to compete. Mm. And, but whereas you look at the, the real greats, Senna, you know, with that 1984 drive in the Tolman, but then winning in an uncompetitive Lotus when his mm. teammates weren't on the podiums. Mm. Then he went into a good car, but even when the McLaren wasn't good in 93, you know, he, he still won races in it. You look at Schumacher, he won the world championship in that Benetton when his teammates were absolutely nowhere. Took Ferrari and was winning races mm. in it in 1996 when, they, again, they were nowhere. You know, you look at, um, at Hakkinen, you know, he was winning races before McLaren were in a position to win the championship. Prost has won the most races not starting in the top four of anybody in history. No. You know, so there's these, the, that's for yeah. me what makes is the whole package. And I don't think Max has actually done that yet, but that's no fault of Max's at all. Yeah, yeah. I think that is, and you know, going back to the Vettel factor, Vettel won races in that Toro Rosso and was consistently in the top six. But the Max, you know, the problem is Red Bull have had such a good car over the yeah. years. Max has never been tested to that yet. So that's not a discredit to Max. It's just merely saying that we haven't seen that happen yet. Yeah, it's true. The car it does feel very tailored to Max yeah. in particular. And so- oh, sorry, and Lewis, sorry, McLaren. I forgot Lewis, 2009 McLaren. Yeah. You remember yeah. how atrocious they were with yeah. those regs, yeah. but he still it's won races. He's earned his stripes, definitely. Exactly. He really, really has. Yeah. yeah. It's an interesting one. Because I, I, when we hear about, and we'll move on in a minute, but in terms of Max, earlier on last week, he wasn't talking about kind of wanting to compete in the field. He was actually saying he enjoyed the solo racing and he doesn't really speak on legacy too much as well. So it doesn't feel like he really cares too much about, mm, you know, most wins yeah. and, you know, trying to create this kind of legacy outside of the track or whatever. So maybe he he, he will just pick the team that is dominating. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where he goes when Red Bull kind of have their natural dip and the cycle yeah. goes mm. to another team, whether or not he stays with Red Bull and then he has to, you know, showcase what you're talking about, which is propel that car to somewhere it shouldn't be. Mm. Um, but on Paris as well, what what we talk... Because well, for me, I've been, I have this thing, yeah? Che- keeping Checo in check. And <laughs> per- and, per- and also Paris Patrol. These are two things that we, that we have here. And... I don't know. I feel like he's been getting a drive of the day a lot of recent weekends. And it's like, he's coming from a position in the field he should never be starting in the first place. Mm. And then this is an opportunity really where if it was a Rosberg, you know, if it was somebody competing at the top end with, with a maybe a generational driver, they would be looking to win because you're P2, they're P6. And he, he went past Leclerc quite easily. But... He's no, he's nowhere to be seen at the end of the race, and once again, Perez is is not he's not even competing with his teammate, which I find yeah. just mm. a bit astonishing, to be honest. What, what do you take on it? I do you know what? So I totally agree because I've mm. I actually written my notes for Perez. I was like, was it a good day? Like thinking, like you say, like like he finished on the podium. Like, but was it a good day? No, because then I was like, look at where Max started mm. and where Max finished. Look where Perez started and where he finished. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I I mean, he should be getting. P two. This is how this is how it should be all all season mm. for for Perez. But you know he does get overtaken, and then maybe someone from McLaren like Lando yeah. will take his place, or you know Ferrari kind of can keep up how well they did uh, this weekend. I 
I am a fan of Perez. I've got mm. a soft spot for him. And you see how much he did want it at the beginning of the season. But, yeah. It's I kind know. of fizzled out, hasn't yes. it? I feel like the confidence is kind of gone now. Yeah, and once you lose that confidence as a driver, it's so hard to get it back. And honestly, yesterday would have done him no favours on the confidence side at all, you know, no. for, for how dominant Max was. But the worst thing will be if he goes back and looks at the race and watches the onboards of it, how mm -hmm. easy it was for Max as well. That will be the most concerning thing for him. And, you know, maybe the summer break will be good for him to get him a bit of a refresh because when his confidence was high, like at the start of the season, you know, in some races he was giving he was giving Max a run for his money. But now it just looks so like good. he's he's so far behind. But, you know, Helmut Marco came out and said that at the minute Red Bull are leading the Constructors' Championship and Sergio second in the World Championship. And what do you want from your second driver? He's fulfilling all the criteria at the minute, mm. but that's because the car's so good. But but yeah. I also to say is that Max is really the reason why they're top of the constructors. Oh, it's not really Perez, and I feel like Red Bull in this kind of grey area where it's like, do they replace Perez at the end of the year? Obviously, they'd have to fork out some money on the contract and bring mm. someone in. Maybe it's a Liam Lawson. Maybe he just gets propelled right straight up. I don't know how how, how you'd feel on that, or Ricardo, yeah. or maybe they even you know. I think Norris is probably not coming towards the end of his contract yet, so no. it would be difficult with the payout. But do they try and get ahead of the curve and protect the constructors? Because if these teams improve, and you know we've seen McLaren make massive jumps, Mercedes will try again, Ferrari will try again, Aston Martin had a good start. Are they kind of running the risk of next season, actually, the constructors won't be so easy and next thing you know they might lose that due to Perez not performing because they'll need him to perform I mean what a lot the other thing that a lot of drivers have as well especially um, when they get to the position that you know Max is in or Schumacher was in uh, or Lewis they actually have a teammate veto clause in their contract and I really wouldn't be surprised if Max has that in, in his contract what do you mean the teammate veto so they can so for example Senna had this um, <laughs> for this was the one which made it quite famous where they if the team was signing a second driver um, they had they had the right to veto who they were signing. Oh, yeah. So, for example, Senna didn't want to be teammates with Prost, so uh -huh. he had the right to that in his contract um, to, to not have it. So, I know a lot of drivers have had this, so that they don't have someone who they dislike, you know, coming into the team. So, I expect Max has one of those in his contract. Mm. And you know, at the end of the day, Sergio. Apart from that, you also have to remember what Sergio's presence is in Latin and uh, the Americas. You know. Mm obviously being Mexican and everything that brings to Red Bull, which yeah. is obviously a huge amount in terms of marketing and revenue and stuff. Yeah. So I genuinely don't see a reason at the minute to replace Perez because he's actually fulfilling all the criteria that they need. Yeah. But the key will be when they don't get the uh, the car, which can do the job it's doing now. Mm. Doesn't Ricardo bring all of that to the table as well? Like I, was, I was saying last week with uh, Dan, Danny, Danny Ricardo, he surely brings, like commercially, people love him. And across the board, if you're new to motorsport or an, old, like, an older fan, you you like Danny Rick, that what he brings to to the paddock, that energy, surely, and like age-wise and things like that, he's the fan base that Danny Rick will bring, will I be think, greater than Perez. I think, yes, in, in terms of that side worldwide, correct. Mm -hmm. But also there are huge logos of Telso on the side of that Red Bull car. So I, you know, and Carlos Slim until very recently was the richest man in the world. Mm. So I expect yeah, I there's, a, there's yeah, significant yeah. commercial so the reasons involved. Honey badger involved. has to step to one side <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. a little bit. So I think, I think, yeah, I agree. If it, it, I agree that you know the commercial aspect that Danny can bring is interesting, but mm. you know, especially when you do go to Mexico, the, the 
the vibe that Perez gets is just ridiculous. Yeah, so he uh, can stay around I th- a bit I th- longer. Yeah, I think so until, again, as I said, the, the, the way that the FOM and the FIA, they always design rule cycles specifically to screw the team that's leading at the time because <laughs> they literally want to put that team down. We've seen yeah. it over history. They did it with Williams, got rid of the active suspension and, and all the electronic aids. You know, they, they did it for, uh, for Ferrari. So all of a sudden, Renault came dominant and that's when Alonso won his championships. Mm. You know, and you can tell that they're targeting, you know, they're going to target Red Bull and they're going to find what makes Red Bull weak and try and exploit that. Mm. So there will come a time in the cycle that Red Bull will lose out and another manufacturer may come to the top. Mm. Um, And I think then that's when you're going to have to seriously reevaluate the situation. Yeah. Yeah, and also it's not like as if they're offering him a new contract yet. Exactly, so he's got one year, one season after this one. Then we'll yeah. see where he's at. Yeah. Um, Leclerc finished on podium, which was good. Mm. Um, but again, I feel like expected because he was P one, and that's I wouldn't expect him to drop out. Mm. But in the other Ferrari, turn one, we had a minor incident, <laughs> <laughs> a minor issue with Carlos and Oscar. And we were saying before we started recording that we had big hopes for Piastri because he started in a strong position. McLaren was showing pace again, as, mm. as as they have been really recently. And and if anything, the expectations have just gone through the roof now. I'm almost expecting to see them, you know, challenge for podiums every single race. But I felt like that was Carlos's fault. I don't know what you guys made 100%. of it. 100%. Yeah. You know, he said Definitely. that he said that Oscar shouldn't look at that move. Well, I'm sorry, but Carlos mm. went all the way to the outside. So therefore, in his blind spot in the mirrors, he couldn't have seen that far to the inside anyway. Mm. And then thought he could dive across the track on turn one lap <laughs> one. I'm sorry, but... He locked I, up, didn't he? He locked yeah. up yeah. as well, yeah. I think. So, you know, that shows how, how hard he was pushing. And for me, that was... Uh, I know Carlos has come out and had a little dig at Oscar. Mm. But for me, I don't think Oscar did anything wrong. And that was on Carlos. I mean... I've been uh, in the. I did the World Endurance Championship at Spa in 2014. I went into the first corner three wide, and we all managed to get round it. You know, so yeah. but yeah, that's yeah. because none of us died across the yeah. track. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, I think I think that was on Carlos, not on Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was saying um, Oscar was optimistic going three side by side, and that it was inexperienced. Yeah. It's just like, oh, come on now, just. We no room know. for him. He literally yeah. went into the, yeah, into he, the he, he, he saw He saw a gap there and he didn't expect someone to come all the way from the outside to then go to the inside. So, yeah, I think Carlos is, is saying that to kind of um, take, the, take the, the incident off of him a bit. But mm. it's kind of, on the first lap, it's always more of a racing incident than anything else, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it's fair to, to blame Oscar for it. No. no. In the end, neither of them were able to yeah. really finish. And, and I think for the disappointment of you know, Ferrari to, to have someone on the podium and then no one not even finish. Obviously, they're quite close to each other in the yeah. constructors now. McLaren and Ferrari, there could be a little overtake coming if, if there's some consistency from McLaren. Yeah. Lando Norris was really struggling as well in the other McLaren, which was, it felt like only improvements came when it was like a hint of rain and there yeah. was a little bit of jeopardy with the weather. Then suddenly Lando just started going through the field. There was no damage to his car from what I was aware of, was there? No, well, I, I mean, they, they said, um, I, I read an interview with um, with Andrea Stella, who, who's, who's in the management team at McLaren, and he said that to get the upgrades that they've got, they sacrificed, um, as I mentioned on the previous podcast, sometimes you need a low downforce configuration for Spa and for Monza, mm. and they sacrificed developing that to focus so much on the upgrades that we've seen has brought massive performance yeah. to them, mm. and obviously the chance of rain at both of those races as well. And um, and you saw their rear wing is is massively bigger than anyone else's. Mm. They just had too much downforce, which is why they were so strong when it was wet. Mm. And so, to be honest, we're probably going to go to Monza and see exactly the same thing because if they haven't developed a low downforce package, um, oh, then they're just going to struggle. I thought mm. it was great racing though from Lando. Yeah, Some great overtakes. Yeah, that one round the outside. Um, I can't of Albon. I think it was that yes. was awesome. Yeah, yeah, mm. that it was, was, really it was good. some brilliant racing. And I think yeah, didn't he do? Um, I've got to hit like twenty-seven laps on the softs. So. Yeah. Again, he 
it didn't. The gamble of at the start with the tyres didn't pay off, but he. Uh, we saw great racing. Mm, you know, 100%. No, I think this was a really good race yeah, in terms yeah. of overtakes. And we saw three cars going down the... the three wide, yeah. Yeah, three <laughs> wide going down the straight at one point. It was it was very entertaining. If you just mm. don't focus at the top... It's <laughs> so true the, though, isn't it? The midfield fight yeah. was incredible. It's, and that's, also, we're lucky with that. Exactly. Mm. But, you know, I also think, to be honest, you know, I... I I think this, the drive that we did have from Max yesterday was a little bit special. I mm. mean, how easy he made it look. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't entertaining, but I think it was a bit, it was very good to witness. Mm. Yeah, That's no, sure. I agree. I definitely agree. So it, it kind of makes me think, what would have happened if we had had rain? Because <laughs> yes. Lando would have, <laughs> he would have... He was flying all of a sudden. He was flying. If we had had real rain, which is what we expect at Spa. Yeah. And yeah, there was a true. moment where they were saying, okay, there could be rain for about, there could be a 10 minute period. And I was mm. thinking, okay, if it's if it's if it's something that puts the intermediates on, then we're really going to get a, yeah, a, a, like, something yes. exciting here because yeah. now the strategy is going to come in and and people are going to start taking risks. And I think in in F two before qualifying started, there was a patch on the track that was raining because mm. I switched onto it thinking that qualifying had started already for the for F one. But in F two there was a patch of rain on, on part of the track because it's such a big track. Mm. There's rain on some parts of the track yeah. and it's dry in others, which makes it even more interesting. <laughs> but again, we didn't really it, it, it kind of flirted with rain, but it didn't really it didn't happen. Rain. No, it yeah. didn't properly so everybody just stayed on soft so that i remember when russell came in i was actually like oh he's putting on the softs and we might have rain here but it, it never transpired but if it could have i think lando could have had an incredible day because yeah, he was ready yeah, for it i agree his and, car was ready for and it. yeah exactly they were they were purely set up on the hopes that it would rain mm. you know and you saw how quick they were in the rain and qualifying and everything you know it's just unlucky basically but still to finish p7 i think with a car which definitely wasn't yeah. seventh fastest mm -hmm. i think it was really impressive yeah we were talking actually before recording about rain at particular spa and like the mm -hmm. reaction to the drivers saying listen if it does rain we might have to cancel this and then yeah. a lot of fans online kind of saying no it can't be cancelled it has to what was kind of like you guys' oh, take on that because that gets me going yeah. yeah it really does it really like you gotta understand the drivers aren't just saying that i think Someone even said they've got like man up or something. Like I saw because I was looking at the comments. Like, if you know racing and you understand Spa and you know what's happened at Spa with like Antoine mm. and then most recently, it's it's so dangerous when the weather it turns. Mm. It's so dangerous and the, the drivers wouldn't speak up like that and say we don't want to race if mm. conditions get worse. Mm. Like, like they don't do that. Uh, and you were talking about visibility before. Yeah, the biggest concern with with stuff like that is it's purely on a, on the visibility side of things because you know the, when you're actually testing on your own, provided there's not standing water, then it, it's pretty okay. Mm. But you literally cannot see, especially at Spa, because the uh, the water doesn't escape from the trees. Mm. And so when the water goes up, it, the trees keep it there, and that means it stays in the air for a long time. And honestly, you cannot see anything. I've had races before in uh, in Super Formula where I've been at Suzuka and you can barely see your hands in front of the steering wheel. I was on the way to a corner and I couldn't see anything, but I couldn't lift off or slow down no. because I had people behind me. So yeah. they didn't, they had the same thing. So then all I did to make sure I knew I was coming to the corner was I knew there was a bridge. So I literally look up and I'm doing 170 miles an hour and I know it's about 200 meters before the corner. So I break when I see the bridge. Then the spray goes down and you see the cars are about 150 meters in front of you. So you just physically cannot see. And that's where you have these T-boning incidents and stuff like that. And so honestly, when the drivers say it's too wet to drive or, or you, you have to just completely and respect what they're feeling. You almost, in the instance you're talking about, you have to trust the drivers on the grid that they're all confident enough to keep their foot down yeah. and race that's in those conditions point, yeah. when they can't see, which yeah. is which is insane. But you also need to have the confidence that the drivers that you're with as well are experienced enough to know when there's going to be too much standing water. Because once you get too much standing water, especially in a 
downforce car. The tires can't clear the water and then aquaplanes or the puddles are so big that the floor then floats across the surface of the puddle. And then your tires aren't in touch with the ground. And then you just literally spin on the straight. Mm. So you need to have confidence in the drivers around you to know when they, they that they can feel when there's too much water and know when to back it off just a little bit. Because all of a sudden, if they've spun and they're stuck in the middle of the track, you will not see them when you're no. approaching. And you'll just hit them. You're it's just... like synchronized swimming, isn't it? Yeah. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like synchronized yeah. swimming. It's uncanny. It really I never thought of that. But... <laughs> and but off I, we go. I, but honestly, when, when the drivers say it's too wet, you, you have to listen to what they say. I mean, if you're not going to listen to them, who are we going to listen yeah. to, really? Yeah. Do you know? And, and the people to say, that, you know, I also do a lot of racing in older cars as well, stuff ranging from 1930s up to modern stuff, uh, you know, as, as a bit of a hobby. Mm. And I could tell you that people that go, oh, we used to do that in the olden days. Yeah, in the olden days, we didn't have the aerodynamics or the, the tire technology that we have now. So there wasn't anywhere near as much spray. And so most of the wet, extreme wet conditions with older cars, we can still race in. Mm. Now, with as we've time and technology has evolved and we've developed more downforce and, and more efficient tires, the spray is 10 times worse now than with, with the cars even 15 years ago. Mm. So, yeah, okay, maybe they, they didn't red flag it in the old days, but they didn't have the problems we have to deal with yeah. now. Mm. And over the years, with safety in motorsport, it's been the drivers that have spoken up and yeah. changed the way we we see the sport and and brought in safety um you know and have, have transformed the sport it's the drivers that do that so yeah. we do have to listen to them exactly and i'm um, you know whenever any even if one of them says i'm not mm. you know not comfortable in this we're racers we always want to race and we all with mm. our egos think we can make progress no one's just doing it to get a race red flagged mm. no not at that level as no, well you know no we're way. talking about the top 20 you know, yeah. top 20 drivers out there, they're not going to just no. be saying it because I'm oh, not feeling it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, do, it doesn't <laughs> want to bunk off. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, this is, this is not, this is <laughs> exactly. not quite for me, lads. Yeah. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll, we'll try again later on. Um, yes, yeah, Spa, I, one of my favourite tracks, I must mm -hmm. say. And, and also, I think Albon was, was one of, one of my little, you know, dark horses to have maybe a point, but I don't know why Williams decided to go and do an extra pit stop. I don't know what the, 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 the thinking was there it was kind of confusing for me personally yeah it was a bit it was a bit of a strange one he just dropped down all of a sudden um, yeah. I mean whether he they saw that a failure was coming because the teams can see things on telemetry that we don't know where the driver it can feel okay but maybe there's a blister which the driver doesn't know about so there could have been an issue there but yeah I agree it was a it was a strange one mm, it was a weird one for Williams because they had a quick car yeah. they were showing yeah. good really good pace and where's that pace come from though that's that's, that's my question is, is anybody expecting because yeah. I'm, I'm kind of question. used to ever since Bottas that's mass massa probably that era where williams were really looking like yeah. probably mm. the second strongest car on the grid just behind mercedes obviously they're the mercedes engine I i've been used to williams just being at the back of the grid latifi's you know butchering it in the wall <laughs> i'm not expecting anything from williams so <laughs> now this this random cool. pace where, where's this come from it's, well, it's, it's strange is it alex is it all on like honestly yeah. i think I, I think that i would say that because logan has been improving in recent races mm. in terms of pace you know he was a bit better this weekend but you got to say that 90% of it's Alex. Mm. Alex is just on fire at the minute. Mm. You know, he's, he's consistently outperforming that car. And him uh, and Gasly were brilliant, I thought. The, the, oh, the, like, the wheel-to-wheel racing. Yeah, oh that was God. excellent. Yeah. Really, that was really so top-class racing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Alex also, don't forget, he went around the outside of Hulkenberg at Blanchimont. I mean, that is frightening. Yeah, <laughs> that is seriously fearless, frightening. He's... Yeah, like uh, that corner in any car, 
I mean, with the with the prototypes, which I did the onboard preview on, we do that corner at about 175 miles an hour, 180 miles an hour. And like, you feel it, even though it's easy flat, it feels like mind-blowingly quick. To go around the outside there, when you're side by side, is it's that's that's ballsy. Was that your really favorite ballsy. overtake of the day? Yeah, 100%, yeah. By, by a long way. That I, did, was... I did enjoy Max going on Leclerc. <laughs> 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 he came from so far back. Yeah. Monster. And he was just like, dun, 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 and just, just absolutely um, clean, him cleaned him up. up there. It was, yeah, it was insane. But that that was quite an impressive overtake. But the, just in t- the, the whole midfield battle was well, quite I impressive. Tes- I think they were getting backed up, weren't they? Was it by well, Norris, think, was it? Well, I think testament to all the drivers, to be honest, because we had a hell of a lot of overtaking, a lot of good battling. We had some dodgy conditions, mm. uh, especially in the middle, and there wasn't one safety car. Yeah, you know, there was yeah, true. Yeah, wasn't the it? only incident that I can remember seeing of note was obviously just Piastri stopping on the first lap, yeah. and then Science retired as a result of that. But absolutely nothing else. And mm. So I thought the drivers put on a real good show yesterday. Yeah, so I thought Yuki did great. Yuki did amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah, the middle of the field is just. You say the middle of the field. It's like any take Max away, and then you got <laughs> everyone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got literally everyone. It's else. really competitive. Yeah, yeah. it's I great to see. I, I was I wasn't actually aware that the yellow flag at the end of the race is because they're coming in. Because they're coming in. Yeah, I was like, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> what's obviously, because it's the longest track. Obviously, yeah. going all the way around is is a, is a bit tiresome. But what would you what would you guys say was your biggest kind of surprise from from the race in terms of who who outperformed the most for you of what you expected from them, and then who was I guess the most disappointed would be Carlos. Carlos Sainz, maybe. I think outperformer definitely was Verstappen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. not expect it to be that easy. He, the difference is, is like we've seen him come from the back before and everything, and mm. he's made it this, but he made this one look so easy. Mm. I think it was really something quite special. <laughs> I mean, it was just. Me and you both. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was honestly like when you saw that onboard and, and you know, Martin Brundle commented on it, it, it literally looked like he was driving to the supermarket. Uh, he could have had his granny in the back, you know. <laughs> it was, it was, it was very, very impressive. And then on the other side, I'd say underperformer, you got to say Checo. You have to say Checo, yeah. yeah. It's fair, you know, just because of what Max did. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I will start with. I, I won't go Max. I think Charlotte Claire held on to third really comfortably, mm. and I think, I think he did great. Mm. And that's Lewis never really me. got near him, even though the yeah. pit stop when they came out when he came out the pit lane, it was like it still wasn't maybe, but no. Yeah, no. I, I, I think that for me was a surprise because mm. in a way I kind of thought like, especially last weekend that Ferrari weren't even. Like a competition to McLaren, they mm. weren't, and I'm not saying they are because mm. it's a good weekend for them, yeah, and it was a bad weekend for McLaren, yeah. But after this summer break, it'll be interesting to see if Ferrari can now. They had a great strategy, um, over the weekend. It'd be great to see if Ferrari can hold on to this mm. for what will then happen with Ferrari and McLaren. I think that'd be some great racing, yeah. So, yeah, I think Charles Leclerc, and I, I agree, I think Perez, that's it, really. It's quite <laughs> flat, yeah. And, mm. Yeah, okay, great. He started P2, he finished P2. Well done, you. Mm. But it's not. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have got that. It is quite that hard hit. to drive a Formula One car, oh, you know, even well, slowly. That, yeah, hit. that, that hit, hit us all, didn't it? That <laughs> went down deep. But yeah, I don't. I don't. Sorry. Um, yeah, I don't think. It's, it's, not, it's not impressive. Yeah. And yeah. I, think, I think for me, would Lando have a gap like that to Max? Would. That's what I'm starting to think now. Mm. Would the other yeah. drivers that, you know, if you were to put them in that car, I'm not talking about Hamilton or Alonso, I'm talking about some of the, the younger, mm. promising, you know, Russells yeah. and Norrises, even an Albon. I would love to know, like, just one day, put them in that car, just one race, and just see what the gap is and whether or not they're able to compete I'd with love Max. To because see that. when Max is put under severe stress, 
that's that's the Max I want to see now. I kind of yeah. ha- like the Max- one we saw against Lewis in twenty one. Exactly. Yeah. I know Max can 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 run it off down the road and 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 he will stay very focused and consistent because he's not gonna have any complacency on his own out there to to start messing up the time. In fact, he wants to go get fastest lap. So I know that, but I want to see Max will to will under pressure whether or not he's gonna start taking it off the road again if he's gonna start doing that. those deep dives. You know. Yeah. Is he going to start, you know, following the rules? I want to see him under pressure because when he's under pressure, that's what's going to mm. kind of put him amongst some of the names maybe you're you're, you're speaking about as well. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and I think it, it will it will come. We just had to be patient, you know. Mm. As I said, as you, we've always seen over the years, Formula One goes in ebbs and flows of mm. dominance, and you know, and the rule makers do like to specifically target who's who's dominating at the time. Yeah. So the next set of regs will be everything that they possibly can be to screw Red Bull over, Brilliant. which is probably why Christian Horner has been the most vocal about them. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. He's always been vocal because <laughs> yeah. he knows his time is coming. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he knows. He knows he's always next. been vocal. And and it's funny to see Toto Wolff and Christian Horner, literally the two most recent dominant cars. Flip the script when it's not working for them. Oh, yeah, course. totally. <laughs> yeah. Massive hypocrite. But that's sports, yeah. you know. That's that's yeah, what exactly. You'd expect. That's what you'd expect. Yeah. What was you doing at um, Alton Park? Talk to me. <laughs> what, what, what's this doing here in the notes? Like, what, yeah. what's happening there? No, it You're was, always jetting off different places. No, I never keep track of you. No, it was cool. I was I was racing this weekend with a with a client of mine. Um, I was racing in a 1958 um, Lotus 15, which is a car which Graham Hill drove. Um, uh, he actually got the lap record at Alton Park in that car in 1958. Wow. Um, so I was racing that. Unfortunately, the car didn't race. Uh, we had a technical issue with it, which is quite common on cars from the 1950s, as you can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, but then I got asked to drive what I call the Hooligan Mobile, but it's better known as the Batmobile. It's um, uh, it's a 1970s BMW CSL uh, sponsored by Jägermeister. So it's like ultimate bright orange and it's noisy as hell and it's a complete hooligan yeah. wagon. It's mm. like the 1970s version of like a Lamborghini Huracan or something like that. Wow. And uh, and yeah, a, a client just asked me to uh, to drive that with him and I had a great time. Again, that's a very famous car. It did everything in period. Mm. Um, so yeah, driving round and round in circles, making a load of noise and having a blooming good time. Oh, <laughs> they ask you to do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's... Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm fortunate enough to call it a job, and mm. and yeah, I had a great weekend, and then also had um, had a sufficient amount of wine and beer with my dad on Saturday night, which is always a good thing. Cause he was racing himself in um in 1935 Aston Martin. Um, so yeah, no, we had a great weekend. <laughs> Brilliant, that sounds incredible. Yeah. I must say. Well, what doesn't sound incredible is the fact that we've got a massive summer break coming up. We're not going to see the cars for how many weeks? Three? Three weeks, unfortunately, mm. I think it is. But, yeah, but we've got a lot of content that we're going to be doing with uh, with OnTrack GP. We've got mm. a lot of cool stuff which is coming Are we up. we going karting? I want Please. to. I want I'm to. Thinking, I'm begging <laughs> them after the show that we can go karting. Well, who's who's going to be best at karting, by the way? He is going to win. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Mixed up oh, here. no, you're not so. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at it, but. Oh, okay. But whoever. He is, uh, he is a racing driver honestly <laughs> honestly with karting whoever's the lightest whoever's the lightest okay, it so makes such a difference <laughs> yeah because <laughs> so. yeah, to be fair i have gone karting a couple of weeks ago uh, with my mates and I, I i did feel that yeah the lack of the lack of uh, body mass on myself and for them i was just on the streets i was just going yeah. straight i was like wow it makes a huge it makes a huge, <laughs> huge difference yeah. so yeah. I, I i might have to i i'd be okay in the corners but i might have to be a bit aggressive on the straights so. mm. interesting we'll still be friends matisse don't worry <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to it. listen it's been a great show richard and rachel i, I can say that all day that's fantastic that's so much easier we can't have joe back we can't have sam we can't have we can't have abby we can't have anyone i think that is just much easier to say for any host i'm not gonna lie um it's been an absolute pleasure it was a really good race like you said some brilliant overtakes mm. um it's a shame it didn't rain 
and yeah, give yeah. us a little bit of jeopardy for a bit yeah. longer. But at least we got to see the race, you know, at least it happened yeah. because last year, I think in Spite was, it was a three hour wait, wasn't it? Was yeah, it, it got year? rained out, yeah. yeah. I remember trying It was to, the year before. Year was before, it the year yeah. before? Yeah, so that that was that was quite painful for me, mm. waiting for that race to start as a yeah. streamer and it just never started. Feel yourself <laughs> aging. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, but guys, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe, comment down below on Track GP, and we'll see you guys next time in a bit, people. Peace. <laughs>